The strange but true story featured on this podcast contains details some people may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Hello, welcome to another episode of Things Are About To Get Weird. If you love a good strange but true story, you are definitely in the right place, as in this podcast, I like to take you on journeys into the bizarre. Whether it's an unexplained phenomenon or an especially odd true crime tale, one thing you can always count on in our episodes is that the topic will be anything but ordinary. And my goodness me, do I have something truly wild for you today. If you love to hear accounts of people surviving against all odds as much as I do, then prepare yourself as this story really does have it all. Or so it first appears. Today, I'm going to be telling you the amazing life story of a man named Frayn Selak, who has been dubbed both the world's luckiest and the world's unluckiest man. This really is one of those cases that I definitely won't be forgetting in a hurry, despite the fact that all may not be quite what it seems. Just a quick heads up that there are a few things in this story that might be quite unsettling for some people, including the mention of a plane crash, so just wanted to give a little warning for that. Also, much of this story takes place in Croatia, and although I'll do my very best with the pronunciations of the locations, etc., please do bear with me. Okay, with all of that said, let's jump right into the story. Frain Selak, who is sometimes referred to as Frano or Freino Selak, but we'll stick with Frain for the purposes of this episode, was born on the 14th of June 1929 in Croatia. There aren't a huge number of details available about his early life, but we do know that he had a pretty incredible entrance into this world, as he was actually born in his father's fishing boat. His mother, who was seven months pregnant at the time, joined her husband on a fishing trip thinking nothing of it, and ended up going into labour. According to Frayn, his father cut the umbilical cord with a fishing knife and bathed him in the sea. With this being 1929, and with his parents having no access to an incubator for their premature baby, they must have been so relieved that their son was healthy. Other than this, all we really know is that, as a young adult, Frayn attended music school and eventually became a music teacher. He loved playing the piano and enjoyed composing songs, and was a huge fan of Mozart and Strauss. By the age of 32, he had been married and had had a son with his first wife, before the couple divorced and he remarried. By all accounts, up until his early 30s, Frayn's life was fairly run-of-the-mill, but all of that would change in 1962. In January of that year, Frayn had been working in the city of Sarajevo, which is the capital of Bosnia and Herzegovina, but the time had come for him to return to the southern Croatian city of Dubrovnik. He opted to take the train, which would have meant a journey time of just a few hours, with part of the route running parallel to the picturesque Naretva River. Frayn remembers that it was raining outside that day, and after boarding the train, he settled into a carriage where the only other passenger was an older lady. The early part of this train journey was uneventful, but tragically, this peaceful ride through the Naretva Valley would not remain that way for long. As darkness fell and visibility became worse, 
a boulder fell onto part of the train track which was located directly next to the river. The driver was not able to see it in time and when the train struck the rock it became derailed and plunged into the ice-cold water in the valley nearby. According to the German newspaper Der Spiegel, whilst the disaster was sadly fatal for 17 of the passengers on board the train, Frain was one of the fortunate souls who managed to survive. After crashing into the river, despite the freezing temperatures combined with a broken arm and the onset of hypothermia, he was somehow able to drag both himself and the elderly woman to safety. The newspaper details how Frain was on the verge of losing his strength before a man on the shore was able to grab him and pull both him and the woman from the water and he later spoke about how the experience had strengthened his faith in God. Frain felt that his brush with death had actually given him a new lease of life, and it seemed he didn't take his survival for granted for one moment. I can only imagine that after going through something so terrifying, that Frain would have felt he'd had his fill of near-death encounters. But little did he know that this was just the beginning of a sequence of extraordinary events that he would be directly involved with and that the next one would take place just over 12 months later. In 1963, Frain was in Zagreb, which is the capital city of Croatia, when he received a phone call saying that his mother was very unwell. He was understandably alarmed by the news and decided to drop everything to go and see her. The only problem was, his mum lived in the city of Rijeka, which is around 109 miles or 175 kilometres away. Wanting to make sure he took the quickest available mode of transport, Frain inquired about the next available flight to Rijeka, and to his frustration, he learned that it was fully booked. Undeterred, he explained his predicament to the airline, and managed to convince them that he'd be fine to occupy one of the spare seats used by the crew, if it meant he could be on the flight that day. With the airline having agreed, Frain boarded the plane for what would be the first ever flight he had taken, and it appears that the majority of the journey went smoothly. Frain recalled sitting towards the back of the aircraft, drinking tea and chatting with one of the cabin attendants. However, not long before the plane was scheduled to land, catastrophe struck. According to Frain, a door at the rear of the aircraft somehow came open, and what happened next was just unthinkable. Speaking to the Telegraph newspaper, he recalls that, quote, one minute we were drinking tea, and the next the door was ripped open and the flight attendant was sucked into mid-air, followed shortly by me. Frame claims that after falling from the plane, by some miracle, he actually landed in a large haystack, and although he was in severe shock, he was otherwise relatively unharmed, only suffering minor injuries. According to an interview he did in 2014 with a Croatian newspaper, Frey naturally spent three days in a Zagreb hospital before he actually learned what had happened. In this piece, he also claimed that the total height he had fallen from was around 800 metres, or 2,624 feet. Now I know, at this point, you might be thinking that this sounds ridiculous and completely far-fetched, especially when you consider that the other 19 or 20 people who'd been on board the plane perished in the disaster. But if you've listened to episode 2 of this podcast, you'll know that a survival story like this is 
possible. In that episode, I told you all about flight attendant Vesna Velovic, who holds the world record for surviving the highest fall without a parachute, amongst several other incredible tales of people who live to tell their stories after being ejected from planes. Vesna survived her fall from a height of 10,160 metres, or 33,330 feet which is clearly significantly higher than the distance that Frame says he fell from. So especially with this context considered, could it be possible that someone could be lucky enough to survive an ordeal like that? It's unlikely, but it's not entirely impossible. So by this point, Frame claims to have survived both a train wreck and a plane crash, surely two of the most traumatic and unthinkable events a person could ever experience, and both in the space of just two years as well. The misfortune of being involved in both of these disasters, combined with the luck of having survived them, left his friends and family not knowing how to feel about these strange twists of fate he seemed to attract. He's quoted in a Ripley's.com article as saying, There came a stage where I was lucky to have any friends at all. Many stopped seeing me, saying I was bad karma. And just three years later, in 1966, his odd curse would strike again. Frame claims that on one day that year, he was travelling on a bus when the driver lost control and skidded off the road, and, in an eerily similar style to the train crash, ended up hurtling into a river. Once again, this accident was fatal for some of those involved. Whilst it's reported that four people lost their lives in the crash, Frayne escaped relatively unscathed, with only some cuts and bruises to show for his involvement in the accident. And his luck, or lack thereof, depending on your perspective, would continue to be tested in the years that followed. After four years of respite from any calamities, there was an incident in 1970 when Frayne was driving on the motorway and his car's fuel tank exploded with absolutely no warning. Despite the blast and the fact it happened on such a busy road, he once again walked away from the wreckage with his life. But it seems that this wasn't the only incident involving a car that Frayne would have to contend with. Three years later, in 1973, he narrowly escaped being engulfed in flames after a fuel pump malfunction caused petrol to spill over his car before it was somehow ignited. There are, however, very few details about these encounters available, and after this fuel pump accident in 1973, it seemed that Frayne's streak of misadventures was at an end. And for 22 years, in fact, it did look like Frayne's days of being involved in near misses and death-defying events were finally done. All we really know about his life during this time period is that he got a couple more divorces and a couple more marriages under his belt, and appeared to have moved around from city to city within Croatia. But then, 1995 rolled around, and Frayne was involved in yet another brush with the Grim Reaper. He claims that whilst walking in Zagreb, he was actually hit by a bus. But once again, he survived the ordeal. And just in case all of the wild stories I've mentioned weren't quite enough for one person to have encountered, there would be one final terrifying episode left for Frayne to overcome. 
He tells the story of how, in 1996, he was driving in a mountainous area around a hairpin bend when suddenly he saw a large truck flying around the corner towards him. It appeared that the driver of the truck hadn't seen his small car in time, and Frayne had to sharply swerve, which resulted in him crashing into the guardrail. The impact caused his car to overturn and plummet off the side of the steep cliff. But Frayne was not inside. Apparently, he had not been wearing his seatbelt and was ejected out of the car through the passenger door, which burst open. This meant he was able to grab hold of a nearby tree and watched as his car fell all the way to the ground below, bursting into flames on impact. Now, I'm going to pause because at this point in the story, I can imagine what some of you may be thinking. Firstly, that there seems to be a distinct lack of specific details in these tales compared to the ones I usually feature in my episodes, and you would be right. When I'm doing my research for the podcast, I often end up going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole to find additional details. But in this instance, the details didn't seem to be there to find. Secondly, and sort of following on from that, you may be starting to think that Frayne's life story seems to be bordering on the completely unbelievable, even considering that this is a podcast about strange happenings. And again, I couldn't blame you for that. Whilst many sources seem to talk about Frayne's experiences as if they're entirely factual, others are quick to point out that there is suspiciously little evidence for some of his boldest claims. For example, it's almost impossible to find any official documents relating to the 1963 plane crash, which I find particularly strange as someone who has researched Vesna Volovich's story, which took place less than 10 years afterwards, because I know just how much evidence and information is available around that crash. In Vesna's story, I was easily able to tell you about the exact airline involved and the type of plane she was flying on, because that information is so readily accessible but in this story, I struggle to find any evidence at all of a plane crash like this happening in Croatia in 1963. Similarly, there's almost no information online about the train crash in 1962 either, which feels very odd to me. However, there is one final part of Frayne's story which it's impossible to dispute, something that would see his apparent reputation for being lucky manifest in positive circumstances rather than against a backdrop of disaster. On the 5th of June 2002, Frayne Salak won the lottery. I'm not kidding, and I'm not talking about one of the smaller prizes, he won the jackpot, banking what's believed to be the equivalent of around 900,000 euros. In Der Spiegel, Frayne is quoted as saying, I've always had bad luck, and suddenly the lottery comes and everything is forgotten. Now, the details of what he did with this money vary depending on the source. While some articles say that he bought a luxurious home, built a small chapel on his land, complete with a statue of the Virgin Mary, and threw a lavish wedding for himself and his fifth wife. Others say he ended up giving most of his fortune away to family and friends, in the form of things like buying them cars and giving them loans which were never repaid. But what we do know for sure is that one, he did in fact win the jackpot. And two, it was after this win that word of his bizarre life experiences started being reported in different publications around the world. And the more he spoke to the media in the years that followed his lottery win, the more eyebrows began to be raised at some of the inconsistencies in his story. For example, as was pointed out in a great article from allthatsinteresting.com, 
In a 2003 interview with the Telegraph newspaper, Frayn said that it took years of him playing the lottery consistently before he ended up winning. But in 2010, he spoke to the same newspaper once again, and by this time, his story had changed drastically. In this new interview, along with claiming he'd given most of his prize money away, he also said that his winning tickets was the first one he'd ever bought. But regardless, his story continued to grab people's attention, and by 2014, it had piqued the interest of a YouTube channel called This and That Visuals, who create short animation sequences that help to tell interesting stories. They decided to turn Frayn's tale into a two-minute, 53-second animation. I must say, it's a fantastically made video, and as I'm speaking today, it's had over 3.2 million views on YouTube and countless shares across social media. I'm sure I saw it a few years ago shared via a Facebook page. It looked very familiar when I watched it back. Even in more recent years, the clip still gets thousands of views, if not hundreds of thousands, when it's shared on places like Twitter. And with it being so short and snappy, and made for entertainment purposes rather than as a news item, the details of the story are presented as facts within the animation, without acknowledging that there are some real questions about the accuracy of some of those details. Very interestingly, it seems that Frayn himself was not a huge fan of the video. When asked about it, he actually said that, quote, Americans have no clue. They gave me a moustache and got all my accidents mixed up. Now, to me personally, it seems that a lot of the information presented in the animation was taken from one article that was published in the Scotsman newspaper back in 2003. And then in turn, when you go back and look at that original news piece, it's clear that it's based pretty much solely on Frayn's claims with no additional evidence to back up his stories, or at least none that's cited. In fact, the Der Spiegel article notes that in an interview with a Croatian newspaper after his lottery win, Frayn threw in an additional near-death story which had something to do with being kicked by a mule. But personally, I couldn't find any more information on this one, so I think it's wise to take it with a pinch of salt. But it could be argued that it's another example of the story evolving and becoming more dramatic as the media attention on Frayn continued to grow. So, with all things considered, what do I think the truth of this strange story could be? Well, in my opinion, I think several theories are possible. Let's go through them. So the first one, of course, is that it's all completely true. Without getting too deep into the history of everything, between the time that Frayn's story begins and when he won the lottery, a lot of political change happened within the country we now know as Croatia. So is it possible that perhaps certain official documents say about the plane crash or the train crash have been lost over time? It's hard to say for sure, but I guess there's a chance. It's also worth remembering that just because a document can't be found online in 2023, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist offline, so that's something to consider. It's just that this proof isn't something I've been able to dig up during my research. The second possible theory, and the one I've seen most commonly discussed, is that this astonishing tale is partially true. 
Remember that it involves apparent incidents spread out over decades, recalled and retold by a man who was quite elderly at the time of his later interviews. Could certain facts or details have been remembered incorrectly, slightly embellished for dramatic effect, or even been lost in translation along the way? All of those possibilities seem somewhat likely, and when you add social media into the mix, we all know how facts can be cherry-picked, put into a digestible format, and shared far and wide. And often the end result of this is that the information vaguely resembles the truth, but some major artistic licenses have been taken along the way. This theory also helps to explain why Brain might not have been best pleased with the animation, because the facts have become so jumbled over time. It's not to suggest anyone has lied, but that the story has perhaps taken on a life of its own. Actually, whilst we're on that note, there was something else about the animation that I wanted to bring up. Earlier, I mentioned that Frain wasn't thrilled by how he was portrayed in the video, but that wasn't all. In another quote he gave when talking about the viral clip, he said, Maybe they will earn big money while I live on a pension. At least send me a thousand dollars. Now, of course, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it appears to confirm that he had no hand in the video's creation by way of providing any information. In fact, the animator actually responded to Frayn's comments, saying, I am very sorry that he was upset by his depiction. If he would like to set the record straight, I would be more than happy to amend the video to more accurately represent his image, and add or remove any details he wants. Secondly, Frayn's quote also gives us an insight into his financial situation around 2014, as he talks about living off his pension. This, of course, suggests that his lottery winnings were spent up, and gives some credibility to the idea that he did give much of his money away, or alternatively, that he spent it himself. Anyway, just a little extra information that fits well into this theory of everything being partially true or a little mixed up. And the third theory is that the survival stories could have been works of fiction, dreamed up as a tantalising backstory to accompany coverage of Frayn's lottery win. After reading a lot of different articles, contributions and comments, especially from people who live in Croatia and have seen this story play out in their home country, it seems that there is a lot of scepticism surrounding Frayn's claims about his experiences. The most common suggestion seems to be that perhaps he was generally unlucky and maybe did have a couple of near-miss car accidents or similar, but that the more outrageous stories were less believable. Personally, I think I land somewhere in the middle. Coming from a journalism background, I am a big fan of primary sources and official documents that can corroborate claims, especially when they're as wild as some of Frayn's. From a 2014 interview he did with a Croatian newspaper, it does seem that Frain was quite frustrated that his story was being spread inaccurately online. And it's also worth bearing in mind that I've only read the translated version of that article, and sometimes nuances and finer details can be lost or misinterpreted when translated. But then again, it's hard to ignore the discrepancies between statements he made in his interviews with the British media over the years. Ultimately, I think this tale ends up falling more into the unexplained or unsolved category more so than the strange but true camp. 
And sadly, the one person who could have cleared up some of the questions posed in more recent years is no longer with us. Frayn Salak actually passed away in 2016 at the age of 87, but there's no doubt that through his stories, he left his mark on this world. If nothing else, I think this tale serves as a good reminder that sometimes the strangest thing about a story is the way that it can spread so rapidly without scrutiny, and that digging deeper is always a good idea. However, I'm sure that with social media being what it is, the accounts of Frayn's adventures or misadventures will continue to be shared for a very long time to come. And I'm confident that the debate around whether he was incredibly lucky or unlucky will endure too. Well, I feel like this story was something a little different. I don't think I've ever covered anything with quite so many questions hanging over it in terms of accuracy or credibility before, but as with all cases like this, it opens up a great opportunity for discussion. I would be fascinated to know your thoughts on this one. How much of Frayn's tale do you believe? Have you seen the animated video floating around the internet before? Say for argument's sake, every detail about his near misses is 100% true. Do you think this makes him lucky or unlucky? As always, I'll be including information on how you can get in touch shortly. But first, it's time for our weekly outro feature, Weird Media. So this week's weird media recommendation isn't particularly niche, but I wanted to talk about it anyway as one. If it's something you've been meaning to check out but haven't got round to, this is your sign to finally watch it. And two, if you are already a fan of it, I would love to know which episodes are your favourites. I'm talking about one of the very best television shows of recent years. Inside number nine, created by the amazing Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith. If you're not familiar with it, it's in an anthology format where every episode is roughly 30 minutes and stands alone. They're all quite dark and have amazing twists and many of them have some kind of comedy element too. Also, as you might be able to tell from the name, every episode has a link to the number nine, and specifically being inside something to do with the number nine. For example, a room or a space labelled with a nine. There are some incredible guest stars in the episodes, and they range from being really disturbing, to funny, to heartbreaking, and the twists are so clever. I know in the UK the series airs on the BBC and you can catch up on old episodes on the iPlayer. I think they're all on there at the moment. And I'm also fairly sure you can buy the episodes on other streaming platforms outside of the UK too. If you do decide to give it a watch, even though you don't have to, I would just recommend starting from series one, episode one, and just going through them like that. But I did want to shout out a couple of my favourite instalments of Inside Number 9. Lip Service was one I particularly loved, and 12 Days of Christine is so emotional, I'm still not over it. There's an episode called The Bill that's fab, Simon Says is so good. Honestly, I could just sit here and list them all. There's even a live episode they did back in 2018, and it is a masterpiece. I think it's called Deadline, and it really is something special. They are seriously all fantastic though. So if you do decide to look it up, be sure to let me know what you think. I would love to know which episodes stand out for you. I think I'm actually going to re-watch the whole lot soon. I think it'll be great to do that all at once rather than waiting for the series to come out. I've just got myself all excited now. I'm definitely going to do it. 
So it's shout out time for the sources that helped me with my research for this episode. There's that Der Spiegel article from June 2003 that gave a balanced overview of Frayn and his claims, as well as the piece from the Croatian newspaper I noted a couple of times. I believe the publication is called Utani, but I can truly only apologise if my pronunciation is completely off. I did look it up and this is what I found, so fingers crossed on that one. There was a piece from Total Croatia News published in December 2021, a BBC piece from May of 2014 that was published after the animation clip went viral, and of course the animation itself which can be found on the This and That Visuals YouTube channel. There was also the Scotsman article from 2003, as well as the brilliant piece from allthatsinteresting.com from June 2018. There were those pieces from The Telegraph, and finally, a feature on ripleys.com that was super helpful too. If you are interested, there are also numerous Reddit threads dedicated to the story that I spotted along the way. Obviously, they're not the most reliable source of information, but if you're looking for some further opinions on the case, there are plenty to read on there. As promised, here's a quick rundown of all the ways you can get in touch and join in the conversation. If you search Things Are About To Get Weird on Facebook, you'll find both the main podcast page and then the private discussion group too, which is much more chatty and fun. I love it over there. Over on Instagram, our handle is at Things Get Weird Podcast. And I always share a couple of relevant photos about each episode after it's gone live. So do be sure to check that out. We're not super active on Twitter, but if that's more your cup of tea, the handle is at About To Get Weird. You can also pop me an email with any of your own strange stories or thoughts too. The address is thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com. At the moment, if anyone sends me their own story, I'm keeping your emails saved in my inbox for the next time I do a bonus episode. So if you would like me to read out your weird story on the podcast in the future, please do feel free to pop it over via email. A massive thank you for listening and for continuing to be so supportive by leaving ratings or reviews wherever you get your podcasts. If you are enjoying these episodes, please do feel free to share them with anyone that you think might be interested too. I know that personally, I've discovered pretty much all of my own favourite podcasts through word of mouth and through recommendations from friends, so shares are always very much appreciated. Until next time, take care of yourself and others and keep it weird, but the good kind of weird. Thank you.